Hello world, it's me, Dennis, and I'm here with another conversation with my friend and delight and person that I love, Bonnie Neal. Hello, Bonnie. Hey, Dennis, it's so good to see you. Oh, it's lovely to see you. Listen, real estate. Oh my God, we're coming out of COVID. Here we are in G in May, uh, on the 7th, uh, 6th of May, uh, 2021. And the real estate market here in Austin and of course around the world is just going crazy. Could you please tell me what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, this, is, this is the craziest market. Um, I mean, it, and it's happening nationwide. Austin especially is just, kind of at the epicenter of, of the insanity. Uh, you know, essentially what happened is kind of a perfect storm of good and bad, right? You know, with the pandemic hitting last year, what happened was that the, mo the natural like ebb and flow of a real estate market um, yeah. essentially got stopped. You know, basically people out there in the United States that would have usually you know, uh, sold their house and moved up, bought a bigger one, you know, or moved to a different neighborhood for a different school district, or, you know, um, older people who maybe would have sold their house, moved into an assisted living. Um, they just didn't, they, you, people just stayed home, right? That was, that was what right. happened with the pandemic. And then you had this historic collapsing of interest rates, like interest rates were at historic lows and that encouraged a lot of people to get into the market, right? You know, that suddenly there was a lot of buyers were like, wow, now's the time. The, and that is just a perfect storm. You had, a, you know, a lot less supply than was normal and then a lot more new buyers coming in. And what you've seen is just this huge uh, increase in home prices because there's just not, there's just not enough supply. Yeah. Uh, and adding, adding to that is the builders, right? The, the, the new builds, they kind of, it wasn't in retrospect in hindsight 2020 it does look like panic but it was just a normal thing that with the pandemic hitting they they severely limited their inventory so they sure. they assumed that they were going to have a less building and that was completely wrong and so now we're having amazing shortages of lumber and steel and uh everything is just exponentially higher i remember somebody saying Talking about just like regular like two by four used to be like fifteen dollars and now it's like seventy five dollars a piece of wood. Good and gracious, crazy. And you're just you're just kind of seeing what happens with that kind of imbalance in the market. There's so many people who are wanting to buy and there's just not enough houses out there. Uh, and Austin is very acute because Austin has always had a supply problem, right? You yeah. know, there's always been more people who want to buy houses here than there have been houses. And you can see a lot of just huge, um, wild changes in in price. I've seen houses that are listed for three hundred and seventy-five get into multiple offer bids, where the winning bid is five fifty cash. Wow! Who can do that? Who can do that? You know, that's um, heartbreaking. Uh, it's very hard for first-time home buyers. It's very hard for kind of even savvy home buyers. This is a sure. very competitive market. It's crazy. How have you been assisting your clients? So what is what has been your piece of this action and what you're doing in order to help and to help people in your work? Um, you know, because I specialize in first time home buyers, but I've been getting kind of, um, you know, a lot of uh, move up buyers as well, right? Buyers mm -hmm. that, that own a house or already do. Honestly, we're just being really strategic and kind of really 
talking about cash, cash is kind of king right now, you know, so it's about making strong offers, making big offers, trying to see if it makes sense to maybe borrow against a 401k, you know, uh, you know, uh, get that uh, gift funds from family or friends, you know, that to make up the difference. It's very dangerous to kind of make that kind of overbid for a house because you're sure. sort of rolling the dice on appraisals, you know, because the sales price usually outpaces what the appraised value is. Sure. And just in, informing clients, just letting them know kind of this is, you know, yep. these are the Vegas odds. Here, here's, here's where. So, so how do we avoid, how, what are the dangers of it happening? Like what happened in the subprime market? Is this, you know, during uh, 2008 and during, because th this was, and, and I heard, and this was the thing, I was sitting with Melissa and we were sitting there and uh, on one of the news programs and they said, they said, oh, housing prices and oh, they're always going to continue to go up. It doesn't matter. It, uh, please don't, don't worry about that. And we both looked at each other and went, really? I mean, not be, I mean, non-professionals. <laughs> we just went, really? <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm asking about this. How do you think as a professional, how do you think about this? How would you know whether or not there are dangers here or whether or not there is something that we should be concerned about? Well, there are always dangers, especially in any kind of real estate market, any kind of market period. And I do think when people make large statements like house pricing, it will always go up, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the, the value of your home will never go down uh, always yeah. and never usually good red flags that that's just patently not true. Sure. Um, I do you, think as that there you're, is, as you're thinking about it, what, what, what do you look at? What do you look at and what do you see as the, the, the challenges or danger signals or warning signs? When would you know that a hurricane was coming? Well, you know, and I, and I mean uh, that, and uh, <laughs> you know, that I know you're predicting a black swan, and that's no, and you can't do that. But, but, uh, but I'm just asking, as you as a professional, and 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 what you think about. I, well, I will say that 2020 did cure me of predicting the future. Um, I'm, I'm bad at it, uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm out of that particular business. Uh, and 2021 is reinforcing that I'm, I'm very bad at predicting the future. Yes. What I will say is when you're asking yourself about real estate markets and the bubble is I need you to be really genuinely honest about the actual economy of the city in which you live in and the actual economy of the state in which you live in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because there are, the, you know, is your housing real estate market affected just by kind of the pandemic, right? Which is this short term sure. supply problem because, you know, there's, Real estate, like every other industry, has been kind of interrupted or disrupted by the pandemic. So is this a short-term supply problem that will even out within the next one to two years? Then maybe you need to kind of maybe take a step back and mm -hmm. recognize that it doesn't seem reasonable that your house is going to appreciate 20% in one year, right? Got it. Uh, and, you know, I would say that is true for, you know, some of the states in the union that, that have, you know, been a little hard hit. Um, you know, economically by having sure. industries leave, industries move, industries change. Um, think about, you know, some states in the Southeast and in the Midwest. Uh, what is true, I think, about uh, an, a real estate market like Austin and honestly, like a real estate market, Texas writ large, is that I think the economics for Texas writ large are strong. You know, um, very strong, low, low corporate taxes, low regulation, a strong business focused 
legislature. I'm not saying right. all these things are good things, but let's just say they are things. So when in particular, Austin and the Austin region and the Austin, I mean, it is attracting high tech like crazy. Exactly. And that's, that's when you kind of like, you look at both, you know, the, the macro economics for Austin and then Texas writ large, let, let's look at Austin. I mean, Austin has always had a supply problem and we've been, you know, we've had, had more people moving here uh, than yep. leaving and say the past 10 years. And that doesn't seem to be changing, right? Austin itself, you know, in September of 2020, uh, Tesla announced they're, big, they're, they're building a factory here. Oracle said they're moving their headquarters here. And I believe it was like Samsung's expanding their campus. Mm -hmm. So is Apple. Basically, we had four large tech companies double down and increase their presence in Austin. And that is not going to change. Uh, and you sort of play that out, you know, that Austin's market, real estate market and economy is heavily dependent on tech. But what happens if the tech economy hits a bubble? What if the tech, the tech economy crashes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what happens if the European Union or the American government decide that they are utilities and need to be heavily regulated and governed? Sure. Well, that will cause some sort of uh, hit to the tech economy. But what does that mean for Austin? My, my personal belief is that no matter what, if there's a downturn in tech, Austin only stands to benefit because the tech companies are going to continue to increase their presence here because at the end of the day, we're just cheaper sure. than California. We're just cheaper than Silicon Valley. If you just, so if you just, just do that on a dollar, dollar to dollar and whether or not you can get, and but that means that the people, the, the ancillary people that support that are going to be moving here, that they're going to have to be doing, that they're not doing virtual or some kind of a hybrid kind of a state. What a time to be alive, Bonnie. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, have, I was, have you ever wondered, you know, where you sat there? Boy, I would have liked to have been there at the beginning of, I don't know, the Industrial Revolution or, or, or some kind of a big start. Well, we're here at the beginning because AI and all of the work and virtuality and how we're going to be doing, all of that is happening now. This is when the time they're going to, and we are leaving the planet. Right. Yes, I, I was I was thinking about that. I don't know if you, uh, it's not, I, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but CNN had this series of, you know, documentaries called like the 60s, the 70s, yeah, right? You know, sort of, of course, watch going it over sort of like, uh, I remember watching it all and then it got to the aughts, it got to like 2000s. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, when it started with the presidential, you know, election and the Chad crisis in Florida, and then it went to planes into buildings, and then it went into, you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and then it went into Katrina, you know, right? Uh, you know, and then it went into the election of Barack Obama and the, you know, global financial crisis. And it was just sort of like, that was a hell of a decade. Uh, uh, yeah, it's an amazing time to be alive. And that, that seems quaint. I mean, compared to 2020, you know, 2020 is starting off with a bang. Uh, yeah. And 2021 is, who knew they felt that competitive with 2020, you know? Exactly. Uh, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. Things are changing so rapidly. And uh, I have a feeling that my, my, my parents' generation, the boomers also kind of felt that way, right? And their, their, their parents must have felt that, you know, the idea that my grandmother grew up in a, like a, uh, a shack in Alabama with a dirt floor, uh, you know, and that, you know, she lived to see Google, you know, and what a, what a strange sort of journey that, that must have been, uh, you know, and 
that I, I'm going to be one of the last generations that knew how to use like a Dewey Decimal System card uh, library card. Exactly, catalog. who actually uh, saw one? You know, <laughs> I, I love that. I, mean, I used one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering how uh, in in uh, you know when you're teaching like elementary kids and you and you use a term like what does the term clockwise mean in a digital world? Well, that's a good question. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Wow. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, like. Or, or a word like dial tone. What? Dial tone. Yes. I mean, what does that even mean? I, I told my, my nephew who, you know, uh, he graduated college, I guess, in what? Um, 2014, 2015. Right. And I now told for them the audience, that I graduated. For the audience, I am, I, I'm 73 this year. So I was born in 48. You were born in? 79. 79. All right. So I'd like to give the audience an understanding of, of where we are along the chronological line. Continue. You were telling your nephew. Oh, I was telling my nephew that I, I graduated uh, college before Google. And he's like, how? Like, <laughs> how, how does one... How did you write papers? Like, what, 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 what did you do? And I was like, it's called a library. It's yeah. called a library and it's called a, you know, books. You looked them up and you like, whoa. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there's no way in which you could even imagine having gone through a college degree uh, without having the internet, right? Sure. Without having Google. It's just so, so how do you as a, how has this changed for you as as a business person and as a, both as a real estate uh, person and and as a mortgage advisor and and all this how how are you using and your clients using this that that, that makes things easier or makes things harder or or here in 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 twenty twenty one in in getting to there because I'm 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 thinking I mean I'm seeing virtual home tours where you actually mm -hmm. have a camera that goes through the the homes there there are all kinds of I mean all so many interesting innovations and of course the online of oh don't worry about it just put your home right in here and your cash will be in the in in your bank this afternoon what <laughs> uh yeah I I you know there is there uh, real estate you know, kind of traditionally has been slow to adopt new technology. Uh, and uh, I do think that real estate is, uh, and some of the new technology for real estate is also um, selling convenience as opposed to a good deal. Uh, you know, some of these, some of these companies that are rising up and saying like, no hassle, we'll buy your house. You don't have to do anything. Uh, you know, no, uh, the, <laughs> it, it is a, it is a convenience for the customer, but it is, it is unfair if they actually really took time to figure out what they could actually do if they talked mm -hmm. to a real human that they could trust. Right. Right. Uh, technology is convenient. That doesn't mean it's cheaper. No. Not all the time. But I love you using the T word trust because the thing that you have, Bonnie, the thing that you build, the thing that you have built with me from the very first time I've met you, and I know that you do this with every one of your clients, is you build trust. And to, to be able to have trust, especially when you're dealing with the largest purchase besides your student loan, including a student loan, of what you do in your lifetime, it's really important. So how do you establish uh, trust with your clients to be able to do this in this digital world? Um, generally what I do is I do insist that they talk to me. 
that's that's the kind of the one insistence I have, which sometimes can be kind of edge play for millennials, right? I'm so um, glad you do. Thank you, edge. <laughs> push them, push them into this. Yeah. This is important. Well, and and you know, uh, you know, with with millennials and with you know, because millennials, let's let's kind of be honest. I'm the I'm yep. the oldest millennial and kind of the youngest uh, Gen right, Xers. Right, I'm right, right, right. the bridge. I'm the bridge, uh, and you know, millennials have a, a great trust of technology and, and an ease with it. But uh, when it comes to mortgages specifically, you know, think and think about it that they were the ones who were either graduating from college or graduating from high school during the financial crisis. And exactly. Essentially, all they really know about mortgages is it broke the world. You know, uh, mortgages were something unknowable and uh, that people signed and they didn't understand, and they lost their houses, and it almost broke. It broke the entire economy. They were trying mm -hmm. to get a job uh, in one of the worst, you know, recessions in a hundred years. Yep. Uh, so I find the fact that millennials are even willing to even think about getting a mortgage to buy a house an act of stunning bravery uh, and wisdom, right? You know, historically yep. owning your own home has been one of the only ways in which Americans have been able to build and maintain wealth and generational wealth. Um, and, you know, I want them to, I, I'm, I, I tend to start with a level of just education, right? This is what, this is what this mortgage is. This is how it's set up. Um, I, I don't really pull a lot of punches. I don't have a super high opinion of banking in general or bankers in general. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not here saying like, Hey, this is great. This is wonderful. You know, there's nothing so much fun. It's so easy to get a mortgage. It's just like, you know, washing your car. It's not, it's not. And I, I, I think uh, one should be wildly suspicious of anyone, any kind of salesperson who, you know, sure. makes you think that buying a house is, is, uh, is, or should be, you know, as, as easy as applying for 10% off your Amazon order, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, it's not an impossible deal, right? It is a, mm -hmm. it is an adulting threshold, but it's, it's not, uh, it's nothing that, that you can't surmount, but it is something that I do insist that my clients, um, I need them to understand just the basics of what, of what the banking entity is and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and, I'm not, and, and that's not for everybody. That, that, that's no. also something I tell them, you know, that like if you want uh, a different experience, there are people out there that really do want to just surrender to someone and you know who says trust me i'll take care of you you know and i'm like oh okay you know um i will you you can trust me and i will right. take care of you but i do need i do require a little bit of I, engagement. I, I love i love that because because to me an informed buyer is always better equipped and they're always better equipped and i know that we're super busy and that we're we're all that but to get the education when people tell me why and get me to be able to do that at that at that level. I'm always happier later. Now I might not be happy at that instant, but <laughs> I'm always happier later that I have gotten that kind of education, that I've put that kind of investment in. I love that you require that of of the people that you choose as your clients. Do you have have you gotten of that in, into that place where you have gone from? Uh, looking for clients, asking for clients, then choosing clients, and then to where we, where you say, you know what, I may not be the best person for you, so I really need you to go. Uh, you know, you, we're not doing that, but but I want to be able to get the people that are that can I can best serve. 
Yeah, I, I've I've been I've been lucky enough and grateful enough to to kind of have a fully one hundred percent referral business. Yep. Um, and uh, Gee, what I lucky it's actually, lucky enough that that is just <laughs> not. I am not going to let you get away with that, Bonnie. You are good enough. You 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 okay. you are both. You I know you, and I know I know you. I know your client. I know I'm, I've seen you in this in in this space. And because of the quality of the work that you do and the service that you give to your clients, that's why you get that referral business, and that's why you're getting it. So now I mean, but that's 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 the interesting <laughs> well, thing. Thank you. Yeah, and but that's well, it, it is, and it, that, that's also my quote-unquote sales pitch to to real estate agents, uh, you know, in general who are who are mainly my, my clients. Those are my main referral partners. What I and and you know, real estate agents have an entirely different job, um, and they're not all created equal. Some are good, some are bad. Um, yep. Some are very successful and bad, and some are you know, oh my uh, god, very successful it's and great. humanity, right? I mean, you you have the spectrum, right? Everything is yep. along the spectrum. It doesn't matter what. I mean, there 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 are doctors that have just barely made it through medical school and have and just have a crappy. Then there are other doc, but then they're both medically certified in the state of Texas. Exactly. You know, what, what is uh, what it, D stands for diploma and what you tell somebody <laughs> who graduates at, uh, at the bottom of their medical school class, you call them doctor, you know? That's uh, right. Yeah. I mean, generally what I say to real estate agents with, with a few exceptions is I tell them that I don't, I don't want every one of their clients that, um, you know, that I'm not for every one of their clients. I'm, I, I do require every buyer, even if this is your seventh, you know, uh, purchase just to kind of Let's walk through the basics again about what this mortgage is. And that's, you know, that's not for everyone. What I do tell them is um, send me the ones you love. Uh, you know, <sighs> send me the clients that you, well, I, I say it actually a little bit more, um, you know, uh, blithely is I say, you know, uh, send me the ones that you can't screw up, right? Send me the ones that can't go wrong. Um, I want the ones you love. I want your, your parents, I want your sister, I want your brother, I want your best friend, I, you know, want your boss, right? You know, I want the ones, I want the clients that you love, um, and I will love them as well. And I will take care of them. And I will make sure that they, that that it happens and that they know and enjoy the experience. And so I found that to be wildly beneficial for everybody, right? You know, because uh, I get the ones that everybody's just engaged with. Um, I, I don't tend to mesh well with with the kind of buyers that, um, or the kind of borrowers that, that want, that want this to be, you know, something that happens behind the curtains or something. I, I like that. Right. Or that is just know, transactional like, because this is something that yeah. is important to them. <clears throat> this is a, this well, is I mean, a transactions, value. I mean, transactions are important. Like I do like investors, but, but mostly like if you're buying a house to live in, even if it's your living in, I mean, you, you can't be emotionally neutral about, you know where you're living, exactly. right? Uh, and and I don't expect you to, um, but I, you know, uh, I'm I'm here to, to to help manage that fear and those emotions and to make a make a good decision, um, one that you at least uh, feel strong in. Exactly. Uh, I, I I'm not I'm not your mom. I'm, I'm you know I'm not I'm not here to kind of tell you what to do, but I'm here to tell you kind of like where the options are. Right, and so that you can really make an informed decision. That's what a lovely thing. I mean, because we treat each when we get treated like an adult, and be able to do that, then we can then we can go ahead and 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 do this together. So so in in general, do you see 
your do you see the the as the economy is coming back online and in general tell me about how you look at inflation because this is i'm i am personally personally i love that personally as opposed to what uh anyway i as i'm looking at as i'm looking at inflation as i'm looking at the global market because i i see this last global market and the reason why we've had this bull market over the course of the last years all the way through through the recovery of 2008 and all the way up and why it's been such the, the most the strongest market is not just because the economy was juiced by the fed and and all that that that's there but in addition to that what i feel is that around the globe people are going from a dollar a day to two dollars a day to four dollars a day and so we've got billions of people that are that are adding that are, that are now have a smartphone so now they can see where the water is. They can see how they're connecting. So these these mini markets are making and using the 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 laws of large numbers to actually to get the consumerism that all over the the world to be able to get to you know the basic needs in general is having an impact on this whole market. And I don't see that going. Does that does that have any? relevance to what you might uh, to how I might be thinking of it am I am I thinking about it at all in a way that might be uh valid or is uh, there a big hole no 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 I mean well there, there's 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 a there's there's a separate side to the 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 positivity right the positive impacts that you're talking about you know it is true oh that, yeah you, you, know, you know and you know me yeah. Bonnie and <laughs> as the blooming optimist you got to be very careful about Dennis because I will look at the positive side again. Oh wow, look at that. Well, well, okay, there's a big hole in the side of the boat, but hey, isn't that look at the water that's coming in? Let's watch. I mean, I mean exactly, right? You know, uh it, yes, it is a it is a writ large good that um uh you know, the 7 billion people on the planet, there is a steady movement towards, you know, uh coming out of subsistence living, right? There's a lot of people uh engaging in the global uh capital market and and that is that is seeing a rise in in uh standard of living in places uh outside of you know sort of the the western hemisphere and yep. uh you know the the winners of colonialism um the you know the sort of <laughs> can we uh, just down? do a program sometime on the winners of colonialism, winners of colonialism. we'll just that, that, what a great Ooh. phrase <laughs> oh man i've got i've got some controversial things to say about uh, and, and we're gonna do it we're gonna have an off <laughs> off book but published on just that oh, on how, how we oh, do God, that because it. because of your intelligence background and, and and for the listeners that don't know, you have been in global intelligence before you went into to real estate. You were in global intelligence, and you were deeply involved in globally what was happening at the at the the statecraft this levels before you got into into this, and and are still I'm I assume connected. You don't. It's like the mafia. You never get out of it. <laughs> Oh, you, you don't, but hopefully you can retire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah um, I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> oh, that, hey, that's what I say to everybody about 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 real estate right now. Is like this is my retirement job. Like I'm 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 here to work off some karma, and I'm here to 
I'm here to help people. I speak, uh, because of my sins, I speak banker and lawyer quite fluently. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I need to, I need to kind of pass those skills on for the betterment of mankind as opposed to. Uh, and womankind, way. don't forget. And across womankind. the spectrum line, the entire spectrum line on, on, on how all of this is. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh but back to the original question about, you know, what inflation, right, and the, the global economic growth, there is undeniably great things happening um, for people across this globe. Uh, the, and the dollar is king, right? And the United States is in a very unique situation um, in that we can and obviously uh, afford to make an awful lot of mistakes and still um, win. That is because, you know, essentially the, the global capital markets is a system we set up. You know, uh, we, we were, the United States was one of the only functional economies left on the planet after World War II. And therefore we had the goal, we got to make the rules and we did set up the rules uh, to benefit ourselves and to make ourselves in charge of it. Uh, and we did set up, I think, uh, what I think is turning out to be the one saving grace is that essentially the global commodity market is, is, uh, uh, is dollarized. Right. You know, um, when Saudi Arabia sells a barrel of oil to China, it is priced in dollars. Uh, you know, the global commodity trade is in dollars, which means that, you know, the whole world is going to have a constant uh, demand for dollars. And that means we can and do ridiculous things like cut taxes and then start two wars. Um, we can and do ridiculous things or like, you know, essentially do quantitative easing, which was the Fed printing $50 billion worth of money a month. And they did that by buying treasuries, right? You know, uh, and we have had historically low interest rates for God, how many years now? Uh, I guess we're in year 13. Um, you know, uh, money is cheap and that's because it's by design. Um, the, you know, and I know there's a lot of, I'm, I'm a little on the other side of this, there's a lot of naysaying about how, you know, um, China owns a lot of our debt and they could call that due and they could, you know, screw us over here. And the answer is no, no, they can't, right? It would We're be all against their best interest to do that. It would be against we are, their, right? Yes. We are all involved in this collective hallucination together. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, we are. We are all committed to it. Uh, Thank you. We have to be. Yeah, because there's, and at the end of the day, there's actually just no other game in town. And that is kind of the great thing for Americans and kind of really, uh, you know, uh, abusive and crappy for the rest of the world is that at the end of the day, there is no other currency that can challenge ours. There is no other currency that is stable and, uh, and competitive. There is no other economy that is as open and as diverse and as competitive. Um, there is no challenge. And you see that every time there is some sort of global crisis, it means that when international investors are looking for safety, they just funnel their money into the United States. That's yep. why the stock market keeps going up because where else are they going to put their money? There's no other game in town. And even though that game is paying negative interest, right? You know, it is still uh, the, the only game in town. Now, do I think that's going to last forever? No. Do I think consumptive capitalism is, you know, endless. No, but um, I do think um, I do think it is the world we're in right now. Uh, and while there will be shakes and uh, you know, inflation is inevitable. We've had not a, we've had not much of it actually right. compared to how much we've 
how much uh, liquidity we've built yeah. into the market. But if we were ever to have, and I want to end it on this note, if we were ever to have a captain of the ship at the moment, it, I would, I am happy to have Janet Yellen be our Sully Sunlenberger, <laughs> because I think uh -huh. she is smart. I think she is she she's she is she's wise. She has a good handle on the understanding of that. Do you feel the same? Honestly, I don't know much about her. I've 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 not I've not followed her career too much. I do think it was unfair uh, her her short tenure at the Fed uh, at the Federal Reserve. Um, she's you know she has said some things in her role as a treasury secretary that has kind of shaken my industry mm -hmm. uh and and it there there's not a lot of I, I don't feel like there currently right now is a lot of coordination on um fiscal policy between the white house and the uh the fed and the agencies that govern mortgages there's a lot yep. of cross talking there's a lot of legacy in the two crossover to the administrations that is putting mm -hmm. a lot of my opinion unnecessary uncertainty exactly but we're all just figuring this out as we go along that's what i'm talking about that's what this is out this is why on june the 6th after we've had the change in uh in administrations we'll see how it goes bonnie will you do this again with me of course always i, lo I, I love talking with you dennis you're one of my favorite humans and you have you're it's such an amazing mind. It's, it's an extraordinary opportunity. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. This is Bonnie Neal and Dennis Tardon collaborating again. Hot damn. <laughs>